optimizing the nutrition and foods that we eat is not only physically beneficial to literally every single person in this world, but cognitively and mentally beneficial for every single person on this earth. Hello and welcome back to the Jake Bowler podcast where I talk about all things fitness, health and mindset related. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. I really do appreciate it. I love the support, all the feedback I've been getting from people. Last week's was supposed to be one of my better ones, which I'm super happy that people have been telling me that, which is awesome. And I just love all the support. I feel really humbled and I'm very, very grateful. So getting right into it, this week we are sticking on the trend of the uh, peri-workout nutrition. So essentially that nutrition that's situated around the workout, whether that's pre-workout, intro or post-workout, so those three main ones. And this week actually delving into the concept of intra-workout, so the, the nutrition that you're having during your workout. So probably a bit of a topic that's a bit overlooked actually compared to your post and your pre and post-workout meals. Um, Intra-workout's probably not talked about as much as the other two are, nor is it actually consumed as often as the other two are. I'd hope it's not anyway. I'd, if you're missing your pre or your post-workout and you're only having intra-workout meals, a bit weird, but you do you. But first of all, we're going to start the podcast off with a quote, as usual. This week, we have Gilbert Keith Chester- Chesterton. Is that, if that, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's hard to say the last name. A, an, a famous uh, English philosopher and writer to thank for him when he said, tell me what you eat and I will tell you what you are. What we put into our bodies is a, is a very clear representation of who we are, can, be, can influence how we act, our behaviours, how we look, a lot of different stuff. You know, the way someone's skin, hair, attitude, body shape, and many other physical and mental factors that people display, it literally does tell us a lot about someone, by the way, by what they eat. This isn't the case for every single person. There are obviously people out there that eat shit all day or they eat really good food all day and they still have a crap attitude or still have shit hair or whatever it is. That's just unfortunate or unlucky or that's just them as a person. I'm just more broadly speaking here than anything else. The food that we put into our pie holes or our mouths, whatever you want to call it, is what can shape us as humans. It, but for, for a majority of us, it does make a big difference to what we, uh, to how we act and how people perceive us or how we perceive other people. It all goes along with that, that saying that I'm sure we've all heard that training in the gym is 20% of the effort. The 80% of the results that we get come from the food and the recovery that we do outside of the gym. Optimizing your nutrition and foods that we eat is not only physically beneficial to literally every single person in this world, but cognitively and mentally beneficial for every single person on this earth. Let that one sink in. This week, like I said, we're going to dive into the intra-workout nutrition. So the nutrition, our foods, or mostly liquids, more than more likely, that we consume during a workout. What is the goal of intra-workout nutrition? It is to improve performance, number one, and number two, it is to prolong the time it takes for us to fatigue. Without going into too much details of last week's podcast, to which if you haven't listened to that one yet, I'd recommend going back and, you know, jump on that train, jump on the train of, you know, we're doing, we've done pre-workout, we're doing intra-workout, next week we'll do post-workout, 
just to keep up with everything you're discussing throughout the weeks, because I will sort of refer back to some things each week. But to put it simply, those who have lower energy reserves, so like someone who's cutting, someone who's on a lower body fat percentage, or someone who's training with a higher volume or higher intensity in their workout, are going to yield the most beneficial or greatest results from a quality and well-timed quote-unquote meal or intra-workout nutritional meal, whatever it might be. Before going deeper into this topic, there are some things to consider uh, where intra-workout nutrition is probably not required and will probably just be a complete waste of time. If your workouts last no longer than 60 minutes, you don't train fasted, so you're having a meal beforehand, and it's been less than two hours since your pre-workout meal as well. So essentially, if you train fasted, your workouts are longer than 60 minutes, and it's been any longer than two to three hours since your last meal, then yes, intra-workout nutrition or intra-workout supplementation uh, will be beneficial to you. So why is intra-workout nutrition, to those that I said before that apply to you, why is it so important? The biggest reason that I see and that I've done and I've worked through myself even, is it will supply the body with a fuel source of glycogen to use as energy, rather than relying on our muscle glycogen stores. Because if we do end up relying on those, you know, muscle glycogen stores, then it's just gonna increase our muscle protein breakdown. And then basically, to put it in simple terms, we'll be eating away at our own muscle. Not literally, but that's, you know, that's the way to, to think about it anyway. And you'll, you'll pretty much just turn into skin and bone and you'll end up being absolutely nothing. But back to square one. Not, not really, but that's how you can think about it. If we're, not, if we're not supplying the body with the right fuel source, either before the workout or during the workout, we are going to rely on sources of energy, which the body can, can quickly access. Because if we start using fats during a workout, probably means you've been in the gym for like the last three or four hours. So it's probably not ideal to begin with. You're not getting an optimal workout there to start with. So it's going to start using those stores in our muscles of glycogen to, to use. And that way our muscles are in a more catabolic state, meaning they're going to be breaking, broken down or not repair as well as we want to post-workout. And on top of this, it's basically going to impact our performance in the gym as well. And then if we, if obviously, if, if this is continued for an extended period of time, it's going to not only, it's going to reduce or slow down muscle hypertrophy, like I just said. Every now and then, if you don't forget to eat or you can't eat or you can't, don't have access to an intra-workout nutritional meal or supplementation, that's fine. But if you do this every single day and it compounds and compounds, you're probably still going to make some sort of progress, whether it's strength or size. But at the end of the day, your, your progress is going to be a lot slower because your recovery is going to be slower. You're going to have decreased performance in the gym, meaning you can't overload as much as you want to, you can't progress each week as much as you want to, you're not going to recover as well, all that stuff is all going to impact you. Another small factor which is more than likely beneficial for most people is it'll help you maintain your hydration through electrolytes through intra-workout supplementation. There is some data pointing towards the swelling of muscles, so when you get the pump, in, a, in the role of hypertrophy. So by maintaining hydration, this will aid in electrolyte transportation, in particular sodium, that's just the main transport we use um, in our muscles. So transporting electrolytes into the, into the muscles and then obviously help facilitate this mechanism of muscle swelling or getting a pump or whatever you want to call it. To be completely honest on this topic of intra-workout <laughs> nutrition, Unless you went and ate like a pizza mid-workout or you went to Macca's halfway through your workout and then came back and started working out again, there's literally no downside or negative side effects of intra-workout nutrition. In saying that, I know all of you have waited for this part of the podcast, but what do we actually have 
for our intra workout nutrition. Let's go into that. Your intra workout nutrition should come from either liquid carbohydrates as one of them, or liquid protein or an amino acid um, supplementation like essential amino acid. This will prevent bloating if you have food or you know too much food or something like that, or a protein sh like a heavy protein shake. I'll go more into that in a second. You, you end up with bloating and digestion issues. So we want to try and keep them fast and easy to digest during our workout. So that's why we keep them as liquids and we keep them real simple. So what are some examples of carbohydrate sources and protein sources that we can go into? So we'll start with um, the carbohydrate source to begin with. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to name a product and then the type of glucose or carb it contains and then obviously how effective and how cheap it is to consume because there are some out there that are really good, but they're also very expensive. So I'll do that for both carbs and protein here. For carbs, we have something like Gatorade. In Australia, I think most people prefer Powerade. I do personally. That could be me playing footy and everyone has Powerade, but Gatorade is a good one to have. It contains dextrose, um, which is just obviously really cheap and really effective. Fast acting, it's really cheap to buy. If you go and buy like a bottle of Gatorade, you can actually split that whole, let's, say, let's, let's go with like a one liter bottle you can get or a 600 mil bottle. You can probably split that into like 200 mil segments. So you can get like a three workouts out of, you know, a whole bottle. And a whole bottle costs like, what, $4.50 at the servo. Pretty cheap, pretty effective. There's also Kool-Aid or... What's the... I can't, I can't think of what the other one was. I think it's... There's another popular one that's similar to Kool-Aid. Um, it's one that tradies, I'm pretty sure, always use or used to always use. It's something grand, my granddad used to always actually use. Um... When I was growing up, I can't remember what it's called though, but I absolutely love it. It's, it tastes great. It's just like a little packet sachet thing you put into your water. But that contain they both contain sucrose. And again, same with the Gatorade. Um, cheap, effective. That's all you really need, to be honest. Powerade is another one containing high fructose corn syrup, which again, the same as the other, th other two, it's just cheap and effective. Same sort of price point as Gatorade. If you want to buy a bottle, you can go to the shops and you can buy the powder stuff. Same thing. Then there's actually two more more expensive ones, both being really effective um, in what they do, except, yeah, just being more a lot more expensive. There's one which is just highly branched cyclic dextrin, which many companies literally, literally just marketed as intra-workout supplementation. Like, that's what it'll say on the packet. It's just like another form of a fast-acting carbohydrate, which you can take. Pretty simple. There's, it, it just, it's just going to cost you an arm and a leg if you're using it all the time. For our protein, it's actually going to be really, really simple. We're just going to stick to two things. There are more expensive ones out there again, but the two main ones are just a whey isolate and essential amino acids. Really simple. Whey isolate just contains all the essential amino acids for a complete profile of protein. It's fast absorbing as well, so it's not going to sit in your stomach and impact on your workout. And it can be cheap. I mean, it, could, it can be expensive as well, depending on the branding and... A bunch of other different stuff, but you can get some pretty cheap stuff out there anyway. And then, like I said, EAAs or essential amino acids are also fast acting um, and absorb really well into the in the um, in the stomach. But they can also be quite expensive. So if you're going to pick one of the two, honestly, in terms of taste, essential amino acids are going to be way more nicer. They taste like you know they can get flavors like Coke and Power, um, you know, fruits and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, 
whey is going to be a lot cheaper than essential amino acids. Whey hydrolysate is another um, fast-acting protein source, probably faster than like uh, whey, whey isolate. It's like an even more refined version of the protein. I think it's as refined as you can possibly get. But again, it's it's even more expensive than whey isolate. So you got, you got like your normal whey, then you got whey isolate, then you got your hydrolysate, which is just, yeah, crazy expensive, no need really, to be honest. And then finally, which I do not recommend at all, which is, I think, just a lot of absolute BS, um, but it's marketed really well and people still buy it, people still look at it, but BCAA, so branch chain amino acids, there's like almost no research to support it. They're super expensive. Um, they taste good, but that's about as good as it's going to get, I think. I think the, the best thing about those is that it's going to keep you hydrated, and that's literally about it, to be honest with you. Literally, for me, I would just stick to energy drinks, so your, your um, Powerade, Gatorade, Kool-Aid, whatever you want to have, and if you're going to have protein, then just your weight isolate and... EAAs. That's it. I wouldn't make it any more complex than that. If you don't have the budget and you want to try and maximize your absolute potential in the gym, then I would still pick a real basic carbohydrate source such as Gatorade or Powerade um, and then go for a hydrolyzed protein source, which is super fast acting, but again, it's going to cost, uh, the cost is going to turn a lot of people off of that, including myself. I don't use it. I just started using things like Powerade and stuff because it's, like I said, a whole bottle lasts a whole week almost. Now, how much of all these sources should you be having per workout? That's like another big question. You don't want to go guzzling down an entire bottle of Powerade because there's honestly no need for it. A 20, 2004 study looking at carbohydrate consumption and performance stated that carbohydrate sources begin to plateau at about the at about 1 to 1.2 grams per minute. So consuming any more than this will probably just lead to gastrointestinal discomfort and will probably impact your performance rather than actually making it any better. So I would recommend sticking to about 0.5 grams of carbohydrates per minute of weight training and then you only begin actually consuming these carbohydrates 30 minutes into your workout. So for example, you go to the gym, you're training legs, for 90 minutes to two hours. Let's go with 90 minutes just for this example. After 30 minutes, you've got an hour left, which is 60 minutes, meaning you would consume 30 grams of carbohydrates in that last hour of training. So uh, 60 minutes times that by 0.5 grams, there's your 30 grams right there. But because we're talking about performance optimization here, protein sources are considered less important. So I'd be going, like I said, more towards the carbohydrate um, side of things. But essentially, like, the protein is just like a little anabolic safety blanket, you could call it, rather than actually a need for us to grow and get bigger. For a lot of people, getting that extra one half a percent better each time, um, whether it makes a difference or not, is worth trying. Um, so there's no harm in doing it, as long as you follow the right protocols and you don't go smashing down a one liter thing of protein, you're not going to have any gastrointestinal discomfort you're not going to impact on your performance but if you're looking for something to do and it actually is going to definitely help carbohydrates are the way to go all of this considered as well you have to sort of follow the advice from last week around pre-workout nutrition then a lot of this stuff doesn't actually really matter as long as your pre-workout nutrition is optimal but for someone in a caloric deficit i would recommend even if you use the examples from before um, using 30 grams 30 grams of carbs in a longer leg session, I would still probably stick to around five to 10 grams of carbs in your workout period to not waste those calories in your training session. You'd rather, if you're in a caloric deficit and you're cutting, you wanna have your carbs 
either before or after your workout to get you most out of your um, your recovery and your performance. There's no point wasting all those carbs during the session. So but I would still, if you are cutting, you're obviously going to be in a deficit. You want to have some sort of energy during that workout. So looking at maybe like five to 10 grams. It doesn't have to be exactly that half a gram per minute example where you're having 30 grams of carbs that can be a lot for some people if they're on like a really strict cut but even small amounts like like 5 to 10 grams of carbs um, during the workout can be enough to stabilize your blood glucose levels and ensure you maintain that high level high level of performance that we're looking for in the gym if you are on a bulk though and you need more calories then go to that higher end and but i, I probably wouldn't exceed it again if you have too many then you are probably going to end up feeling a bit crap in your stomach and it might in, you might start digesting more um, blood starts going to your stomach rather than going to your muscles and all that sort of stuff. Too many carbs can also impact your your, your like clarity in your head as well. So sticking it around, sticking to that half a gram per minute after 30 minutes sounds more complex than it actually is, but really simple to go by. And that is going to wrap up this week's podcast. I told, I said it was going to be a bit of a shorter one last week, but um, I actually really enjoyed this this week's podcast and did a lot of reading into it, looked at a lot of studies, and it actually was really, really interesting to go through. So I thought I'd share as much as I could with you in the amount of space and time that I had, and I didn't want to overdo it for you. But I hope you all enjoyed listening and found it really useful and interesting. Like I said, I'll continue this last little mini-series Part three next week, looking into the post-workout nutrition. If you found any of this information from today's podcast, last week's podcast, or any of the other podcasts, please go share them with your friends, your family, your enemies, your haters, whoever you want to share them with. I don't really care. Just share them with one person this week. That's my challenge for you guys. Share it with one person or, or chuck it on your story. That would be awesome. All this love and support helps me not only feel good about doing it, Getting more information to more people is also what I'm here for as well. I'm super grateful, super humbled to be bringing you all this information and sharing it with you all. As I said, I think I said this last week, I can't remember, but I do have a free training ebook and nutrition guide with an eight-week program inside of it, which is completely free. It's supposed to be up on my website, except my website isn't live yet because I suck at doing websites. So if you want it, just go on Instagram, flick me a DM, and I can literally send it straight to you in a PDF um, file, or I can email it to you. Just chuck me an email. I can send it straight to you. Uh, my Instagram is Jake Bowler with an extra R on the end. And for those that want to go deeper into any concepts similar to what I've talked about today or last week, um, want to learn the tools and knowledge to design your own workouts, your own meal plans, as well as to create a godly, unbreakable mindset, feel free to flick me a DM on Instagram saying ready or let's do this or whatever it might be. And we can organize a free phone call with myself to see if you are actually right for the course. I'm not just taking anyone. And until next time, peace.